You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. I'm just, uh, you know, when I haven't preached in a couple weeks, but I kind of get excited. Um, I got back here Friday night. Saturday morning, I was here in the office. And uh, Rusty Hudson, our, our director of our board, he, he seen my truck out here and he, he came in the building and gave me a hug. He said, Pastor, what do you got for us? And uh, he's used to me when I'm going away and coming back, you know. And a lot of times it's a build this building or, or do this or do that. And uh, I really didn't know until after Rusty left and I sent him office in there and I, I thought, Lord, what, you know, did I miss something? And uh, I've had the privilege of being a part of building a lot of things. But uh, after Rusty left, the Lord laid in my spirit, uh, just build people. Build people and encourage people. We got all the buildings we need. We got one, we still got to get finished, but it'll happen. And we just need to build people. So uh, life is short. Uh, Here next month, I'll be 61. I know I look 35, uh, I'll be 61, and, and I honestly don't know uh, how it happened. And my dad, as a kid, would say, when I was a teenager and stuff, he'd say, don't wish your life away. And he'd say, the older you get, it just speeds up, you know? And man, it's fast-tracking right now. And uh, so I don't want to paint this message, I, I don't want this message for just the young people. I pray that everybody in the building uh, get a hold of this. And, and I don't know if you can teach an old dog new tricks or not. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> Indy's with me. But uh, stand with me this morning. I know we've been standing for a while, but out of reverence for the reading of the word of God. And this message has been on my heart for some time. And I'll share a little bit more about that later. And I don't want this message um, to come across about me but there will be some examples that I, I've got to share in my own life. And life is short, and God gives us the map. God gives us the answer to every situation in our life. It's right here. So today, the title of the message is Learning Good Stewardship. That word stewardship in the Webster one who manages another's financial affairs or property or business. So let's see what Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Verse 11, if therefore ye have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, that is a term for money that is acquired unjustly. So let me give you a real quick example there. Somebody's paying you an hourly wage and while you're being paid, you're doing nothing because nobody is around. You understand what I'm saying? Who will commit to your trust the true riches. 
Verse 12, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's. Let me stop. If you're working for somebody else and you're not giving him 100%, if you're not faithful, man, this message has been on me for months and I'm about to unload it, all right? If you're not faithful with another man's, his goods, who shall give you that which is your own. Pastor Aaron, bless the reading of the word of God, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, it is so good to be in your presence. Yes, it is. And you are faithful, Lord God. Lord, I pray that your word would touch us today, Lord God. I pray that your word would challenge us, Lord God. I pray that your word would saturate our hearts, Lord God, where we would understand here clearly the purpose of your word, Lord God. You are faithful, Lord God. Father, we're thankful for your pervenient grace. We're thankful mm -hmm. for your saving grace. And Lord, I pray for the hearts of those that may be lost today, that they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray for the anointing upon pastor, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the fire that he's got to give this message today, Lord God. And may it just quicken our spirits, Lord God, to hear what you have for us and train us up, Lord God, to be brother fathers of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, and amen. You may be seated. Again, the title is Learning Good stewardship. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's okay to learn. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is faithful in what is least is what? Faithful also in much. The little things matter. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Don't let your integrity slip into small things. The small things matter. Can somebody say amen? So what are you going to do with another man's goods? Do you really want to be successful in life? Do you really? Someone talk to me. Is there anybody who would like to be successful in life? Anybody at all? So there is a test that you've got to pass. And that test is of stewardship. It's the first test that Joseph encountered after he was delivered out of the pit. Now every one of us would like to move into a glorious destiny. We'd like to get to our destiny. But I'm telling you to get to your destiny, you've got to be responsible. You've got to work. You just don't fall off of the turnip truck and end up on top of the mountain. You've got to put your hand to the plow. You've got to be faithful. You've got to use a four-letter word in your life, and that is called work. And God is drawn to those that are responsible and those that are not afraid to work. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. We all like to get to our destiny, but great destiny carries with it great responsibility. Great responsibility. I want to ask you a question. Are you a responsible person? In 1 Corinthians 10 and 13, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. God will make a way. Do you hear me? Temptation will come for us to be idle. Temptation will come for us not to do the right thing. 
I was using the church tractor. And when I got in the tractor, I looked at the fuel gauge. This was why I was on vacation. And I was using it for my own personal good. And I asked permission from the board a while back not to take advantage of my position here. So I knew how much fuel was in there. And I didn't use it, but maybe three or four gallons. So I decided not to stop and fill it back up because why stop for just three or four or five gallons? Plus I'd have to get a second mortgage on my house to pay for it. <laughs> Billy liked that. I could hear Billy over everybody. So I didn't stop. God will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able. God will always make a way. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. Again, I could just share the testimonies of my life with you. And I walked into our administrator's office and I laid down money on his desk. And I said, hey, I didn't stop and fill up. You hear what I'm trying to tell you? I pay my bills from here, my personal bills, and I, I take it into Nancy, and she puts the stamps on from the church and mail them out, and, and I give Nancy money. I say, Nancy, I'm trying to tell you, don't let your integrity slip with the small stuff. Nobody would have chastised me for the diesel fuel or the 57 cent stamp or however much they've raised it to, but the Holy Spirit will, and it will keep you from reaching your destiny when you let your integrity slip in the small things of life. If you believe that, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. But there's also a temptation just to do enough to get by. Can I tell you, the world has got employees all over in every place that you can imagine. If you want to fit in with someone, there's a lot of people you can fit in that just want to do enough to get by. But if you want to be promoted, if you want to be the head and not to tell, you do exceptionally above anything that your boss will ask you to do and God will promote you and God will bless you. Does anybody agree with that this morning? Run from anything you know is wrong. Run from the crowd that don't want to give everything they've got. Seek friends that will help you. Seek people around you that will grow. A good friend of mine, I don't believe he's here this morning, he plays on the, uh, the praise team, Randy Efall. Randy's one of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life. And Randy and I have had discussions at where he's worked and where he currently works. Uh, uh, if you are faithful, if you are a hard worker at your job, uh, it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. You'll be called brown nose. You'll be called suck up and all those other things. But when the promotion comes, you'll be called to the office. Uh, when the bonus comes, they'll call your name. Now, if you just want to fit in, you go ahead and get with the lazy crowd. And, and what you're doing is you're stealing from your employer. Oh my goodness, I need help today. Uh, God help me. Listen to me. Great destiny carries with it great responsibility. So God is watching you and God is watching me to see whether we can be trusted with the little things before he will give us the great things. Do you hear me? 
So I wanna ask you a question. What will you do with the job God has given you? My oldest son, he told me yesterday he hired, I think it was 11 new employees and nine of them didn't show up. Marion County needs bus drivers. They hired, Mike DeVault told me they hired three or four, four. Three didn't pass the drug test and the fourth one never showed up. Every week somebody's calling me wanting to know, hey, I need employees. What will you do with the job that God has given you? Will you do the best that you can do? Not just in the employment world, but what about the job God has given you as a volunteer in the house of the Lord? Instead of just getting up on a Sunday morning and throwing a message together for your class or, or whatever you're doing, will you be prepared? Coach Bennett, you ought to be shouting right now. You know what I'm talking about. You don't win the championship when you get to Charleston. You win it when you're getting ready for the year before. Am I right or am I wrong? Somebody, if you agree with me, so give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. God is watching. What will you do with the boss that God has given you? Will you talk bad about him? I'm probably glad I didn't hear that. <laughs> what will you do with the boss? Isn't it amazing how some employees know more than the boss? Wonder how they got to be boss. Here's another thought I had this morning. Companies just don't fire good employees. Am I right or am I wrong? Huh? They're looking for good folk. My goodness, so what will you do? Will you, will you encourage your boss? Will you do what your boss tells you to? Will you pray for your boss? Will you be faithful with another person's goods, even if that person is an unbeliever? God says that this is a test that determines whether he will trust us with great things in life. And until we pass that test of stewardship, we will never move on into our destiny. Do you wanna stay where you're at or do you wanna grow? Huh, that's exactly right. In the book of Colossians, God speaks to us about our role as servants. In Colossians chapter three, verse 22, verse through 25. Servants, now listen to this. Obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, verse 23. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. The workman is to obey, he is to follow instructions of the person that is over him. The Christian workman is to do what he's told when he has been given the privilege, I'll say it again, the privilege of a job. It is a privilege, do you hear what I'm saying? It is a privilege to earn a livelihood and to provide for yourself and for your family. It is a privilege, I am privileged that you have hired me and allow me the opportunity to do what God has called me to do and 
and pay me to raise my family and I applaud each and every one of them. It is a privilege to have a job, to get up in the morning with the health and to go to work and do it wholeheartedly under the Lord. If you believe that you're privileged, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. My buddy Austin there on the camera. I went to get my hair cut. I think it was Wednesday down in Fairmont where Chad has his barber shop. And, and there was Austin with his hard hat on and he's got his electrician's card and I'm proud of him. You've been privileged. How old are you, Austin? 21. Just bought a house. Gets off work and goes to his house gotten it, putting everything in new, working all day and then going and doing his work. He's privileged. There he come up around that building with that hard hat on. Looked a little dorky if you wanna be honest. <laughs> I said, I love your hat, Austin. He looked at me, he said, this is Barbershop opens at nine. This is at 8.15 because I'm always early. That's another message. Some of you didn't get here till five minutes ago, but that's another <laughs> message. So I'm there 45 minutes early because I want to be the first in the building and the first in the chair. Second place is first place loser. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, they want me turning electric on until about noon. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what's that got to do with the message? Your attitude. Do you have an attitude of a Christian workman? Is the energy in your life and the effort that you put forth into your job, does it reflect Christ? Because it's important to Christ. Why you quit a job and you don't have another one? Huh? <laughs> Seriously. Then you know what happens? Your kids quit a job before they have another one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Can I go old school today? Can you handle it? Can you handle it? The word said, not with eye service. What's that mean? means when the boss is looking. You're sitting there on your phone till the boss walks in and then you're the best worker he's got. Well, guess what? You may fool him, but you won't fool God. My, my, my. Paul Smith, you ought to help me preach right now. Huh? Not with our service. The Christian worker, he does what he's been instructed and he does more. Never do the average. First Monday morning in January of this year in our staff meeting, this is what I shared with our staff. If you expect the extra blessing, you have got to go the extra mile. If you want to fit in with everyone else, go ahead and get in the back of the line. Let me ask you a question. Can you serve someone else well? Can you serve someone else? Whatever your job may be, you must understand that you don't only work for your employer, but you work for God. And God is watching. Right there is a man... Pastor Aaron Caton, I'll promise you, if you hire him, at $5 an hour, I promise you, he's gonna give you as much work 
at $5 an hour if you pay him $150 an hour. I got people tell me, can you imagine they only wanna pay me $12 an hour? Can you imagine Chick-fil-A, I think's paying 15 bucks an hour? I got a job uh, when I was 16, well 15, I lied about my age, don't hold that against me, that was before Christ in my life. But I got a job at 15 years old at Sweet Williams at the Fairmont Mall. Anybody remember Sweet Williams? Uh, I had to wash dishes, uh, I had to wear black pants, a white dress shirt with a black bow tie, a red apron, and a goofy looking hat, way goofier than yours, Austin, for $3.65 an hour. But can I tell you what? I'll rub-a-dub scrub those dishes to the best of my ability because I was trained up from a mom and a dad that like you talked about, training up in a worship service, they're gonna do what you do, and I only know one way, and that's full throttle. Some people say, why don't you quiet down when you preach? You get too excited, because I only know one way. When I'm weed eating, it's 100 mile an hour. When I'm driving, it's 100 mile an hour. And when I'm preaching, it's 100 mile an hour. Somebody get excited and do your job. Do your job. Ho! My goodness gracious. We got some guests in the house and I'm trying to behave myself. You work for God. <laughs> Who promotes you? God. Who pays you? God. Who puts a blessing on your life and all that you do? God. Quit cheating in your floor. Cause you're not cheating him, you're cheating yourself. This is the reason Joseph was promoted everywhere that Joseph went. He didn't only work for Potiphar. He didn't only work for the keeper of the prison. He didn't only work for Pharaoh. He knew that he worked for God. And here's what verse 23 says, heartedly as unto the Lord. Heartedly, and I looked up that word, means from the soul. If I'm mowing grass, man, I want my grass to look good. Do you hear me? I'm being serious. I come up here in the morning, I want to look good. I looked in the mirror this morning. I thought, hmm, you look all right. Because I'm coming to the Lord's house. And I'm working for the Lord today. And I'm working for you today. And the board of this church. And I ought to look good. Do you hear me? I'm at King's Island. Can you imagine me at King's Island Thursday? 13 hours. I told Andrew Prine that this morning. He said, how did you ever stay put in one place 13 hours? I didn't, Andrew. I walked around there on my phone. At the end of the day, it said 21,000 steps. 13 hours, my feet hurt. I seen people standing in line that just got out of bed. How do I know they still had their pajamas on? And their bed head. I've seen sights I can't even imagine. Come on. You get out of bed, get cleaned up before you go to work. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's old school. Listen to me. Heartedly is unto the Lord God blessed him. Genesis chapter 39, verse one through six, tells a story. Joseph, tested by adversity. Nothing was fair in Joseph's life. Nothing. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him 
of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. <laughs> and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And Joseph served him. And he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer, overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of the favor that was on Joseph's life. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all, somebody say all, that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Joseph had gone from the pit to the palace. And he did it rather fast. But don't forget one thing. He was still a slave. And I already told you, I started at 365 an hour. A slave never got a dime, never got paid, Rocky. But he did everything that he could unto the Lord wholeheartedly. Joseph had been sold as a slave by his brothers for some 20 pieces of silver at about age 17. Joseph had been in his life the favored of all of the boys. His father loved him. It tells me Joseph had it pretty well made. He was blessed and now at 17, his brothers sell him for 20 pieces of silver. And he ends up a slave, but he had a good attitude. Adversity had showed up. He's in a place where he knows nothing about. He's away from his father. He knows nothing about their culture. Some people would say, well, you just gotta pray. I agree, you gotta pray. But sometimes you gotta pull up your pants legs and you gotta work. Do you hear me? When adversity shows up, Doc Dino, you gotta work, am I right? Joseph had gone from the pit to the palace but don't forget he was a slave. People say, well, I'm only making $15 an hour. $15 an hour is $15 an hour. It's better than sitting home if you're healthy and letting the government take care of you. Oh boy, that didn't go well, did it? Huh? Steve, am I doing all right? All right, I thought I heard you say preach. That's a coal miner. Packed his bucket. How many years, Steve? 38 and a half. You see, he didn't say 38. He said a half. Packed his bucket. Put his light on. Went in a hole like a groundhog. Grow up, America. Get a job. Work hard. Give your life to Christ. Work, 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 and God will honor. God is drawn to hard work. 
Joseph proved himself a faithful guardian of Potiphar's good. Potiphar, a non-believer. Can you work for a non-believer and still give him everything that you've got? He passed a critical test of stewardship. How do we know that? How do we know that? Verse two, and the Lord was with Joseph. And that caused Joseph to be a successful man, so much so that in verse three, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. The presence of God in Joseph's life caused him to have favor with his master that was not even a believer. Favor ain't fair. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Do you hear me? Do it right. The presence of God in Joseph's life, it caused him to have favor. I was thinking about this, the presence of God in my life has allowed me to have favor with contractors that worked in here building this development years ago when we didn't have money to pay them. And I shook their hands. Tom Chickarell called him and asked him, Tommy, if you'll help me, every time we sell a lot, we'll pay you. I don't think we've ever had really a real contract with him. I don't forget those things. Presence of God will give you favor with everyone around you. Not only contractors, but business people that have sat in the foyer of this building with me and broke bread during the week and write $50,000 checks to our new building that don't even attend here. And to my knowledge, don't even know the Lord, some of them. It's the favor and the presence of God. Why would you wanna get to the end of your life and not have the blessing and the presence of God in your life? Don't do it, don't do it. Listen to me, very important. Joseph did not try to take advantage of his favored status. Verse four, and Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. Joseph had the right attitude about his job. A friend of mine over six months ago, and he's here this morning, and he has a great job working at one of the greatest places you could work at. And it birthed this message. And this man that's here this morning told me, he said, I was at work, and one of my coworkers, and I know they're making over $100,000 a year, all he wanted to do was complain about his job. All he wanted to do was complain about how unfair the boss is. Hell, everything's against me. And my friend looked at me over six months ago and said, I couldn't take it any longer. And I knew where he'd worked before he came there. See, I like it when you ask a question and you already know the answer. I like that. And he said, hey, where did you work before you come here? And the man said, the name of the store in the mall, a retail store. And my friend that's here today said, well, why don't you just go back up there if you don't like it so well here? Because I'm sure they'll take your application. Do you hear what I'm saying? Huh? I don't know how that went either. <laughs> and the Lord was with Joseph and that caused Joseph to be a successful man. Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him. How's your attitude? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, do you need an attitude adjustment? 
Men, if you ask your wives that question, you're stupid. Don't follow me down every road. So because of this in Genesis 39 and four, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had put into his hand. January 8th of 94, we opened the doors, 23 people. And because I'm the founding pastor, I've heard it oftentimes, many people say that's Robert's church. You've never heard Robert say that. It's the Lord's church. Can I tell you who I work for? I work for the Lord. Can I tell you who else I work for? The board members that we have. Can I tell you who else I work for? I work for every one of you. And it's a privilege. I said earlier, I, never, I didn't want this message to be about me, but I have never had the board discipline me because I wasn't doing my job. Rusty would break my heart. Break my heart. Stand with me. And that doesn't mean anything because I'm not done yet. I'm a servant. I had the privilege of serving you when your loved one dies, when your child gets married, when you just need someone to talk to. I don't need no bodyguards. Don't need no armor bearers. Don't need nobody open my door. It's all well and good if that's what you want. But Jesus came to serve. And I have the great privilege of overseeing a great ministry. And that season will be gone. And the rest of my ministry, I want to build people. And I want to be an encouragement. I know I'm ugly when I cry. You ain't real pretty either. <laughs> if you look at verse 23, you can see that Joseph carried this same attitude with him when he was sent to prison for something he didn't even do. Well, you don't know how they treat me at work. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Just keep doing the right thing. How did Joseph pass the test of stewardship? He passed it by being faithful to another man's goods. Georgianne, I thought about our pastor, Leo Polly, and how I loved him dearly. And I tried my best to help him. And Pastor Rita, to do the best I could for him. And he was such a dreamer, and some of them wouldn't let him dream. I'm glad that no one's ever helped me back 
from my dreams. Just, just do the right thing. So the wonderful news is you can be like Joseph. <laughs> if you've got the right attitude. Do you want to prosper? Do you want to prosper in every area of your life? You see, God really wants you to prosper. God wants to bless you. You. God really wants you to succeed. In the Bible, there was a famine. And Isaac faced the loss of his ranch and his farming business and his herds and his flocks and his crops. He stood on the brink of losing his wealth and he was under such pressure. And he turned from the promised land, <laughs> moving his herds southward toward Egypt. And Egypt during that time was symbolic and a type of sin and God intervened and God said to him, don't go that way. God is telling us today, don't go the way of the world. Don't be mediocre. Don't just do enough to get by. Do it wholeheartedly unto the Lord. Listen to me, I wanna read something to you. Then Isaac sowed in that land. God told him, don't go to Egypt, so he stayed. Isaac sowed in that land and he received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. New Testament, 3 John. Beloved, I wish above all things that you mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper. Now that word, the Hebrew word for prospering means to push forward or to make progress. The Greek word for prospering means to help along the road. In other words, if you prosper, you can help other people along the road. Scotty, come here, man. Everybody that knows me knows that I have a special place in my heart. Scotty, how many years have you been here? 27, is it an understatement to say that when you came here 27 years ago, you was messed up? From the ground up. From the ground up. I mean, this, this guy had this goofy black, what's that, what they call that, goppy hair and all that junk. And, I have long hair. He, he was a mess. He was a mess. Scotty's been a privilege to push you along the journey, to push you forward. Do you know what the Lord laid in my heart Friday night? Not only have I pushed you forward, Scotty, but I wouldn't be where I'm at today without you pushing me forward. Uh, Scotty used to work here. One time I walked at the old building, I walked in my old office upstairs and there he sat on my floor shining my, my dress shoes. I don't forget that, Scotty. And I was taken back and I, I was embarrassed and I said, Scotty, I don't want you shining my shoes. He said, Pastor, I want to serve you. And I'm tired of my man of God being in the pulpit without his shoes being shined. One time I got ready to come down the steps from my office and I blew out my drawers. 
Ik ben Scott. Scotty was at the bottom of the steps. He said, Pastor, go back upstairs and take your pants off. He said, hand them out the door. I'm going to sew them for you. He had needle and thread. Where did that come from? A lot of you. Aaron, I feel like I've pushed you a little bit. Huh? Pushed you. But can I tell you something? He's taken a million pounds of pressure off of me. Now what's he doing? He's pushing me. I want to teach. I want to build people. It ain't all about you. When you get to the place in life, you want to help somebody more than you want to help yourself. And don't wait till you're 60 to get there. His presence will push you. I got a whole lot more, but that's for another day. Learn. Stewardship. Learn it. Learn it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Be honest with me today. With a show of hands, did you need to hear this message today? Did you need to hear that? Can you apply it to your life? Huh? You can apply it to your life. This was not a salvation message at all. Can I tell you, Jesus loves you. And the only way you'll get to your God-given destiny is to humble yourself and acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus wants to build your house. He wants to grow you. <laughs> if you're here this morning, if you've never given your life to Christ, I would say, why not? The greatest thing I ever did when I got off that bar stool and found myself at an altar and asked Christ to forgive me of my sins. In all my life, he's been faithful. If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ, I'll not come to you, but just slip your hand up high right where you're at, would you please? Would you slip your hand up high? Is there somebody who would slip your hand up high and say, today, Pastor, I wanna give my life to the Lord Jesus. Is there one? Is there one? Is there one? I'm not gonna tarry long. Is there one? And if there's anybody in the house, you would like to get to your God-given destiny, would you come this morning and pray? You can come to one of these prayer teams, members here, or you can come to this altar and say, God, help me and my family. Parents, would you come and say, help me be an example in everything that I do? As we heard about in our worship, in our work, in our words, everything that we do, that we would do it wholeheartedly as unto the Lord, meaning with all of our soul. Would you come and ask God to touch you? All the kids are getting ready to go back to school. Some of the college kids are already back there. Would you come and pray and say, God, direct me. God, give me that desire to do the best that I can do. Would you come as Pastor Kerry begins to sing? Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast and share with your friends. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. We have something for all ages or online at 10 a.m. Make sure to check out our live groups or small groups. 